Accessing node A two E E E three four Q. Connected. Downloading. Transfer complete. Welcome back to the Dead Drop, your secure transfer of video game and developer news. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. Hope you're having a great Monday or whatever day you listen to this episode. And unfortunately, it seems like we're in a news lull once again. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount going on in the games industry at the moment, if only because there are a few big projects happening in tow and a large number of games are currently spinning up, getting ready to be released to the public. For that reason, we don't have anything jaw-dropping available for you today, but there's a few things that you should probably know about. In fact, this may be one of my soapbox episodes yet again. Nevertheless, it will be interesting, so let's get stuck into it. This is your transfer from the 24th of October, 2022, and these are the news stories that you need to know. In what I suspect is going to be the last update for a little while about the Helena Taylor and Bayonetta 3 voiceover acting discussion in social media at the moment, Platinum Games has released a message on Twitter indicating that they appreciate everyone who has committed to creating the Bayonetta series over the years, that they fully support Jennifer Hale as the current voice actor of Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3, and ask people to refrain from other comments that would disrespect Jennifer specifically or any other contributors to the series. Now, as you can imagine, we've all been waiting for Platinum Games to come out and give us something definitive, something evidential about how they considered their approach to dealing with Helena. It seems like they are not committing to any information, understandably so because of NDAs and wanting to keep their discussions and business under wraps. But at the same time, this offers no closure for anyone who's been heavily invested in the discussion. And there's no contributing factor here that adds to the discussion about payments in voice acting for the game development scene. So everybody has spoken, but we are still left with questions in our mind. And if you are hearing about this for the first time, I would urge you to listen to the last two or three episodes of The Dead Drop, just to catch yourself up on how all of this came to pass and the interesting discussions about voice acting payments that have arose as part of it. With less news on games, we can talk about gadgets. And apparently the 8K industry is facing a new challenge with an EU regulatory ruling that power consumption standards for 8K televisions and other devices are incredibly high and need to be lowered to certain other power saving standards. Now, what the EU has done here is set them so incredibly low that it's impossible for any 8K device currently in production to meet that standard, which means they cannot be sold in the EU marketplace. And with the weight that the EU holds in the marketplaces across the planet, this could spell the demise of the production and uptake of 8K televisions in future as well. I don't need 8K resolutions in my televisions or games, I hear you say. 8K being a standard that is four times the fidelity of 4K, which is again four times that of 1080p, it feels largely unnecessary until it isn't. And when it comes to the stage that it will be necessary for us to use it as a standard for video and other forms of media, then we need to have the technology that supports that. Because the whole discussion about technology begetting the standard or the standard begetting the technology is always recursive. 
Which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's an interesting thing to think about, and if you are mad about getting 8K televisions into your household, you may have to wait a little bit longer or pay through the nose to get the chance. As some of you might expect, game developers are now voicing their opinions about the Xbox Series S and having to develop games for it. A VFX artist at Bossa Studios, responsible for I Am Fish and Surgeon Simulator, has said that many developers have been sitting in meetings trying to drop the launch requirements for the Xbox Series S because developing for it is causing more and more issues. As game companies look towards developing games only for the current gen consoles, that's Xbox Series X and PS5, having to develop for an older console that has lesser requirements is starting to hamstring some of these teams and they don't really want to have to go through it. In fact, this article on purexbox.com states that Rocksteady senior character technical artist Lee Devenold also has said in a since now deleted tweet that they have been hamstrung by that potato. This is an interesting but expected stage of game development these days as everything is starting to come out only on current gen consoles. I'd be interested how many of you have an Xbox Series S and expect all of your games to come out for it? And would you equate that to releasing a game on PS5 and expecting it to come out on PS4 as well? Tom's Hardware has written about reports currently available on Twitter stating that eight RTX 4090 cards strung together can break passwords in under an hour. The RTX 4090 is the latest, most powerful graphics card on the market from NVIDIA, is incredibly expensive and usually directed towards not gaming, but data analytics and excessively power intensive computational requirements. We're talking about scientists picking up these cards so they can do their work. Bringing eight of them together can crack passwords in under an hour, apparently using an application called Hashcat version 626, which is renowned at password cracking. And while I'm sure it has its own algorithms with which to tackle this in a way that's most efficient, the thing we should be noting here is that the technology available to consumers is now getting to the stage where it can put our privacy at risk. No more than ever has cybersecurity been incredibly important, and if you are someone who uses the same password across multiple accounts, you should have a word of caution. Someone with enough money can buy eight of these things, put them together, and start cracking passwords for accounts in almost no time. This is only a benchmark, so people aren't necessarily doing this, but knowing that it's possible should put your heckles up just a little bit. As something that I would colloquially know as the Anthem problem, it seems that retailers are still selling physical copies of Overwatch, even though the game technically doesn't even exist. Overwatch version 1 was recently overridden by Overwatch 2, but the thing that is a bit controversial here is that you can pay for Overwatch 1, but Overwatch 2 is free to play. There may be some aspects that carry over from 1 into 2, but some previous players have had issues with this stuff transferring anyway. Should retailers be selling the first version of Overwatch, even though it's now currently a free-to-play game? I would argue not, but Activision Blizzard should be making some sort of recompense for the retailers and the copies they currently have. And now some quick news headlines to keep you informed. There has been reports that Bungie is developing a brand new PvP-focused game called Marathon, and it has been confirmed by Jeff Grubb as well that it's going to be a first-person FPS-based game. It's a project in partnership with NetEase, a Chinese gaming company, and that there's a focus on no load times and very minimal queue times. Very interesting. 
The UK regulator is currently asking members of the public to share their views on the Xbox and Activision Blizzard acquisition, which seems unusual for what the rest of the planet has done, but there you go. God of War Ragnarok information is starting to let loose before its release next month, and there will be four graphics options favoring resolution and performance intermittently, with resolution largely around high frame rate 4K 30fps and performance being 60fps. Apparently Final Fantasy XVI development has entered the home stretch according to its producer and there's even a trailer available on YouTube if you'd like to find out more about the story. Another game dev saves the day as Rockstar recovers a Red Dead player's 6,000 hours of game time on Red Dead Redemption 2 from Stadia. BGC reports claim that Microsoft has confirmed that Insomniac's Wolverine game will be released next year, though this is pulled from a retaliatory argument from PlayStation about their acquisition, and no one can actually confirm that this is the case. And lastly, Good Old Games has started releasing online-only games as part of their sales platform, but they have assured people that this is not DRM-free, it is a separate category from the other DRM-free games that are made available. That was the gaming industry news that you need to know. This is your first episode. Welcome to the Dead Drop Network. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you like this show. Join us on TikTok, Instagram, or join me on Twitter at MattBlissPod for discussions and feedback. Join us every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news, and make sure to tell your friends about The Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days.